listening to the PA Rut Report, Pennsylvania's premier podcast station, PA Rut. All right, all right, all right. Welcome to PA Rut Reports, hunting, fishing, and outdoors. We are bringing you episode 22. We have some guests with us tonight, of course, as usual. We have the wildebeest and catfish from R2 Pursuits. That's right. And a special guest, Captain Mark from Dust to Dawn Bow Fishing and Maryland Waterfowl Guide Service. How you doing? So we're really well. So how you doing, Mark? Good. Will the Beast, how you doing over there? I can't complain. I can't complain at all. All right, all right. Catfish, give me some feedback. Yeah, man. Epic night. Right. So, so we Excited have everybody hear here. So we have everybody here. Uh, everybody's having a good night. It's uh, a different situation tonight. Typically, we're all in my shed. Uh, all in one room together, uh, hanging out uh, tonight. We're all via Facebook Messenger. And Mark Zuckerberg should give me a shout-out on that, by the way. So many people are going to hear this stuff. Oh, he owes you. So, Big yeah, time. definitely owes me. But anyway, so we're doing a little different tonight. Uh, no face-to-face stuff, all phone. Um, so hopefully it turns out well for everybody. Um, but let's get into it here with uh, Captain Mark from Dusted Home Bow Fishing. Uh, he also has a Maryland Waterfowl Guide Service. Uh, we're going to talk to him about what he does and uh, uh, how, how, how you can get in touch with him um, and, and uh, have your experience out in Maryland uh, bow fishing because I know it's getting big here in PA. Um, and uh, I think he does some guide service here in PA or used to at least, uh, but we'll get into that. So, uh, Captain Mark, how you doing? Let's, let's tell us a little bit about your, uh, about your service and what you do. All right. Well, I started my service in 09. I was in bow fishing a lot longer, but... Uh, legitimately started uh, running bow fishing charters in 2009 um, on the Susquehanna River and local lakes and stuff in the York County area. Um, the species that we targeted in this area were suckers, carp, and catfish. That was all we were allowed to shoot. Um, I then started branching out into coastal waters and bay waters for the stingrays in Maryland and Virginia. So, when you were in Pennsylvania doing this, because I know a lot of guys do this in PA, um, you said suckers, catfish, and carp. That's it? Yep. That's what we were uh, allowed to shoot, yep. Is that still the law in PA now, or don't you know, that you can only shoot yeah. those with the bow? Yep, that's all the game fish that we are, or that is all the species of fish we are allowed to shoot. Gotcha. Did you do that from a boat, or were you a uh, bridgeway and stuff like that? A boat. Only a boat. Okay, go ahead. So that's what you do down in Maryland now with the uh, with the stingrays. Yes. All right. So when you take uh, when you take groups out, how many groups can fit on your boat? I can take a group of four shooters out. It doesn't matter age. Um, it doesn't matter size. I've had all shapes, sizes, and ages on my boat. I cater to first timers and you know young kids and women and everybody who's you know has an interest in it. Um, I really enjoy taking first-timers and people that never tried it before. Uh, I set the bows up to fit them. Um, what we're using is top-notch equipment. You can't buy better equipment than what I have on my boat. Uh, everything's, you know, we do have equipment issues every now and then, but I have plenty of spare parts. If something catastrophic happens, there's always spare bows and spares everything. So it's a walk-on and walk-off service. The only thing you need in Pennsylvania is a valid fishing license um, on the coastal coastal bays and waters. 
Uh, there's no license required. Um, my charter boat license takes care of all that. Okay. All right. So that's a good thing. You just basically show up with a uh, maybe a little cooler. For, um, you provide a lot of snacks as well, but maybe like a little cooler, some sunscreen, and and uh, you have a good day. Yeah, for the for the day trip, for the stingrays during the day, the only thing I ask people to bring is a decent pair of polarized sunglasses. Uh, that's, that's a definite must. I mean, I can remind people all day long, and I have, always have somebody who forgets or they, they buy a mediocre pair. Uh, the most important thing is 100% polarized sunglasses. Um, and then they bring, you know, I have plenty of waters on the boat, but everybody brings a cooler, you know, with some snacks in and stuff. And then, you know, the coolers, they need a cooler for at the end of the trip to take any stingray meat, you know, home with them. And that's basically it. Now, do you fillet the? You just fillet the wings up on the stingrays, right? Yes, I fillet you right that. Yes, yeah, so I. They have to take the skin off once they get home, but I take it off the the animal right away. It's very important that you get that meat off the animal right away and put it on ice. If not, it can tend to get a little ammoniated. Um, you know, a lot of guys put them in barrels and put them in. This and then they they try to flay it later. I, I put it on in plastic Ziploc bags and put it on ice immediately, right after pictures. Gotcha. Um, so, whenever I catch these things down at the beach, you know, um, I shark fish down at the beach quite a bit, or you know, every year. But uh, I catch these things, and people say you should keep them. They're you know they're really good. Um, they're like scallop, um, and uh, you know I never had a stingray, but you know from what I hear, they're excellent. If they're prepared right, they can be very, very good. Yeah, I know that uh, firsthand. Um, we always, pretty much always keep our meat. Um, we do ours on the grill, on the smoker, or the, um, the cedar planks on the grill. I mean, it's a real mild flavor, so it, it literally just whatever marinade or however you prepare it, it's going to just suck that up and... Uh, Garlic, herb, lemon, yeah. old it, day. I mean, teriyaki it, juice, anything you do. It, it it does not taste like a scallop. If anybody ever had fresh scallops, it tastes nothing like a scallop. I can eat scallops raw off a boat, and I eat a lot of fresh scallops. If I had to explain to anybody what this meat texture is, if you were to fry it or if you ever went to a restaurant and ordered fried, fried clam strips, it would be that same texture, I think. What do you think? Yeah, Bill? I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, it's buttery and or like flaky. It's it's a real striated meat. It's real. They're real muscular. And the things that you know, I think a lot of people compare them to is the little skates that you get. I mean, these are com- this is a completely different animal. I mean, they're they're so yeah. much bigger. The fillets are. I don't know how big are those fillets, catfish. Well. The last time that I went hunting with Captain Mark was, uh, I bet you it was two years ago now, but when I had the fillets themselves, we had a fish fry with a bunch of crappies, and we mixed that with the crappies for my company, and everybody at my party was asking me, what is this? This is amazing, (laughs) the way that we made it, and people don't understand that as long as you know how to cook Mark, captain mark's right i mean it turned out phenomenal and everybody wanted more they 
crappies are generally a, a great delicacy here at the house. And I tell you, it was, it was, it was astronomical. Everybody loved it. Um, the fillets themselves off of one, one decent size stingray, like, a, like a, one of Captain Mark's, uh, you know, average stingrays that we got, it was plenty enough to have a small party with uh, just, you know, the, I think I had six stingray f- fillets, so what's you know, 12 fillets and yeah. Yeah, I had plenty enough to have 20 people over and I'll try it. Yeah. So, well, so they're good. So you both have been world of beast and uh, catfish. You both have been on Mark's boat. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Tell me a little bit about your time on uh, Mark's boat. Good. good. I'll follow up. Yeah. Well, the thing that I like about, uh, fishing with captain Mark and, um, I've taken my wife um, several times, and uh, they have a good rapport. They're really like she, she. He makes it. She doesn't hunt. She's not like she's a non-hunter, but she likes outdoor things. Uh, she shoots a bow and this and that. Um, she doesn't. She doesn't typically hunt, but she will bow fish, and and uh, I really attribute that to. Uh, Captain Mark making it a nice environment for her and uh, supporting her in different, you know, in their own way to uh, get out there and try things that not a lot of people get to do. So, but beyond that, um, that's just part of who he is. Um, I find that it's just it's usually a good time. Um, if you have yeah, a, that's I like, awesome. I like, so, go ahead, go I like the way I like I like the way that Leanna and Mark kind of pick on each other on the boat. He makes her feel. Like they're old brothers and sisters from back in the day picking. It's funny to watch the two of them interact with each other and it makes a, her feel very comfortable as not a you know, normal outdoorsman sportsman. Uh, she's right in the pack. Yeah, it's, yeah. Just, it's right out of the box. I mean, it was like from the get-go. I mean, and it just, it set the tone and she, you know, she, but she, she has a great time when she's on the boat. And, uh, and that's awesome. That's, all, that's awesome to bring up in this podcast that, uh, you don't necessarily have to be a uh, hunter or a uh, no. even a, even a fisherman in general to no. to enjoy had, this trip out with you. Right, I've had people that never shot a bow. I've had people that you know never went hunting, but they like to fish. And then I've had people that that fish, you know, occasionally, and are outdoors people. And I've had women on there that just came along to take pictures or watch and by the end of the trip i had a bow in their hand and they were going nuts um i mean i can show you picture after picture like this woman or this lady came and you know all she wanted to do was watch and hang out and by the end of the trip she was up shooting and carrying on um i i get a kick out of that like the guys that come in and say they hunted this they hunted that you know it's not as exciting as getting somebody who's never done anything like that on the boat and actually get them to connect in a short amount of time um, on an animal. And, you know, when their face lights up and they go nuts, it, it makes makes it worth my while. Mm-hmm. It's not like a one-to-one skill set either. It's There's nothing, unless you do bow fishing, uh, it, there's nothing that can really compare to it. No, I always tell people, you know, you practice for bow fishing, and they're like, "No, how?" I said, "You have to shoot more fish." <laughs> I mean, there's no way. There's no way, you know, unless you 
get a foam target or get a bottle and take it out in some water and sink it and shoot it. But even then, from a bank or a bridge, um, shooting off a bank or a bridge is totally different than the way I hunt these rays um, and fish at night. I mean, it's we're a lot of times, you know, it's not always flat calm out there. A lot of times we're running these things down, chasing them. Um, and we're, we're going at a pretty good clip and there's four people standing in front of the boat, all trying to keep an eye on what's going on. And I have all this to watch and, um, it, it can get pretty exciting. Oh, it's, uh, it's, awesome. no, I, it's all hands on deck. When you get, uh, close to a ray and somebody connects, um, I mean, it's all hands on decks because a lot of times it's not one shoot. It's not, again, one for one in this, in the case of a stingray, what you're getting is you, you probably need more than one arrow in, in a stingray. Yeah, absolutely. Powerful animal. Captain Mark is, is, you know, extremely strong individual. And I've seen when I was with you, when we got the big one, Mark, it, I mean, it's a tug of war. It's yeah. exciting. The whole boat lights up when you get a big one, and and it's everything you can do to hang on to one with, you know, with with two barbs in them. So, yeah, yeah. One arrow yeah. is not enough, and everybody's trying to you know to contribute and in a in a safe fashion. It's it's pretty exciting. So multiple people, multiple people are shooting one big stingray. What happens to, is, to get it into the boat? Right. What happens is and. You know, we could have two on a line. We could have two at one time. We could roll up on a pod of two or three or four. I mean, I've had four on a line. You know, I've had four people connect on four rays already. Um, but generally, if when we're hunting our big southerns, you know, these things are ranging from anywhere from, you know, 15, 20 pounds up to 80, 90, 100, over 100 pounds. I don't lose a lot of fish and the reason i do that is because i take my time we do it right so it, let's say we roll up on a big ray we'll shoot one and when you shoot one i use slotted floats so it'll take a float off the bow and then this ray is running around with 25 foot of line and a float at the end so i get the person that shot to come down in the middle of the boat i roll him up on that buoy and then we got three shooters up front, you know, if it's a group of four. So at that point, I'll say, look, one person shoots at this ray because we don't want a lot of extra line out. Because a lot of times, the person who's shooting at this ray, I would say seven, eight, out of ten times are going to miss even a ray that we get that close to. Um, there's just a lot of emotions that set in when we're chasing like that. So... We connect another arrow to it. Once we have two lines in it, we keep tension on the one line and we manhandle it, try to manhandle it in with the other line that we just connected to. That way, if we do have an arrow that pops out, we still have a float to run down. Um, so it is more involvement, you know, than just one person on one ray. I always, you know, now if we have a good hit on it, we know we have a good hit on it, you know, and it's not necessary to put another arrow in it, we won't. Um, but a lot of times I will, so we don't lose that fish. Cause the last thing I want to do is hurt something and have it out swimming around. I mean, we shoot yep. to kill. We're not out there, you know, maiming stuff. We're just shooting to kill. 
That's awesome. Uh, I know that they're very powerful. You know, I've, I've never been bow fishing for them, but I've uh, caught them on the surf uh, quite a bit of times. Uh, this this past year uh, at the beach, I caught uh, one probably had a five and a half foot uh, wingspan. Uh, just an enormous fish, uh, hard to fight in. If I didn't have my uh, gear on there that I was using for shark fishing, I never would have got them in. Um, right. and, uh, you know, this thing almost pulled me, uh, 300 yards of line on there. And, uh, it almost pulled me of 80 pound test with, uh, 80 pound braid with, uh, with a steel leader on there. And the thing almost pulled me, uh, thank God I got him back in, saved a lot of money with the equipment that I would have lost. Yeah. But man, these things are tough. I can't imagine, yeah. uh, bow fishing with, you know, with what you're doing, uh, and, and getting it in with one arrow, something that big. Uh, or with one, uh, you know, with one line getting in that big, but, um, they are tough, tough fish. Um, and, uh, what, what species are you catching? Cause you're doing it in the river, right? You're doing this in the river. Um, the stingrays are on the, the Eastern shore, uh, Chesapeake Bay, coastal bays, um, between Maryland, Virginia. But um, it's, so you call them the rivers that run down in there, right? That you're, that you're going up through. No, I, I Is that right or wrong? I, yeah. That's wrong. I stay okay. in the bays. In the bays okay. more. Um, there are some. Pe- there are some guides that will take you in some tributary rivers. I stay away. I try and stay out of a lot of lot of way. And when I go, I, I don't like seeing a lot of people or a lot of boats. So I'm pretty secluded. Um, so I I generally go after the cow nose rays or the ones that migrate up through the Chesapeake Bay in June, um, and then. You know, I switch over to the middle, of, towards the end of June. You know, we're hunting in areas where we can shoot the cow nose and the southerns. The southern rays get to be, you know, 67, 80, all the way up over 100 pounds. Um, yeah. My big ones, you know, generally towards the middle to end of July, the big ones have really started to move in. And I'm still shooting big ones, you know, right now. That's awesome. So that that so it's all about the season, um, and when you want to shoot the big ones. So if you want to shoot a big ray with your bow, you're saying to go later in the season, right? I would say mid mid to end of June, all the way. You know, to like I said, I, I haven't been on the water since this storm hit. You know, on the East Coast, um, they were there the day before it hit, and I'm sure there'll be some there. I'll be checking it out tomorrow and Saturday. I'll be on the water bit days. Is there a closed season, Mark? No, it's just a matter of when they move out due to cold weather and cold water temperatures. Okay. okay. And they they generally don't show up till mid May. So what what is your start date for your gut or for your uh your services to go out there? I usually start right around Memorial Day. Or which one's the beginning of the the beginning of the summer? Is that Labor Day or Memorial Day? Memorial Day. Memorial Day. Okay, so I I generally start right around Memorial Day. Um, If they show up sooner, I have a list of people that they always say when they show up. You're as soon as you see them, let me know. And you know if they're if they're there a week or two early, I I got people to call and get them on the boat. Gotcha, gotcha. So. Besides the uh, Brad, Brad, do you want on that list? What's that? I said, Brad. I said, do you want on that list? Well, we're going to talk after this show, but yeah, I think I need to get down there and do some of this. It sounds very exciting. Yeah, I mean, we got to get this trip set up, Brad. You're gonna, you're gonna go nuts. It's amazing. I'm, I'm a huge surf fisherman. Um, I don't do. I do more 
uh, surf fishing when I go or fishing when I go on vacation than I do back home. Um, you know, I'm a, I'm a hunter. Uh, uh I, I do a lot of archery hunting, uh, a lot of, you know, any kind of, any kind of deer hunting. I'm basically out there any chance I can get, uh, fishing's kind of taking a back seat to everything since I'm so busy with everything. But, um, you know, I'm a big surf fisherman. I love saltwater fish. Um, you know, it's something that I would shoot them with a bow. My goodness. I mean, that, that, that would be something that, you know, would be a hell of a time and i can't wait to get down there hopefully uh we can schedule something there and uh here in the early season you know because my busy season is the summer of course but maybe in may and uh get down there and hang out and do something but uh you know with everybody that'd be a good fit that'd be a good trip maybe we can do some yeah. shark fishing on the beach too while we're down there yeah gotcha <laughs> all right so cool. uh, anyway catfish don't you have a property down there we can get to maybe I will be there at not, not even close. My my anniversary is this Saturday, a day or a day or so away, and uh, so I got to work this weekend. But the following weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, I will be at 142nd Street. Which yes, we have a little house. Um, uh, just you know, throwing it out there, Mark. I'm going to be in town down there. And, there we go. Um, uh, I'm going to be doing some surf fishing, uh, for my anniversary. I'm sure Lacey will, uh, my wife will sleep till 10, 11 o'clock. So, uh, it'll be surf fishing time for four days. And, uh, yeah, uh, stories, stories of Mark, you know, my, uh, where do I start? I've been on Mark's boat, huge sea arc, awesome boat, multiple times. I've been not only shooting a boat, but filming and, uh, Captain Mark is relentless. He he tries hard, and it, it's hard. It's a hard job. Let me tell you from from somebody who's been on guide boats and somebody who has fished catfish tournaments. And uh, Mark works really hard. Like he tries all night to put you on the fish. Meanwhile, like I've been with a lot of guides before who have tried to put you on fish, and it can be a quiet night to talk to your party. And it just isn't like that. I mean, he's he's part of your group. He's trying to make you comfortable talking, laughing with you and joking with you. And you feel like part of the family on his boat, whether uh, so. And, and, you know, my wife, when I first went stingray hunting with Captain Mark, my wife went. Actually, you know, Will on the phone here, he's a. When I got married, my wedding present was a trip with Captain Mark. My wife was ecstatic, by the way. So. <clears throat> when we went down to Ocean City and went stingray hunting for my wedding present from Will, my wife was new to archery. Now, she was a decently proficient turkey hunter, but new to shooting a bow. She had shot one with a release here and there, but was not proficient. And, uh, you know, we were out with Mark, and he taught her a lot about shooting with fingers uh, and shooting this bow and like Captain Mark said, occasionally you have an equipment malfunction. Well, story for me is we were on the boat and we had a small equipment malfunction that was actually my wife's fault, uh, twerking her shot. And it is like, it was amazing to see a guide keep his composure, make sure she was safe, tell her it was okay. She did nothing wrong because it was technically her fault. And watch him proficiently and quickly put this bow back together with the piece that fell off of it 
put it back together. And meanwhile, never skipped a beat, gave my wife another bow to say, go ahead, honey, here you go. You know, keep hunting. I'll take care of this. Still putting us on stingrays and putting this bow back together. And let me tell you, Mark said about too, about bows. I've set up a lot of bows in my time and, you know, not to toot my own horn, but I've got toot, a few toot. rooms full of trophies. Yeah, I've got a few rooms full of trophies that say that I can shoot a bow. So when I got down there, I looked at Captain Mark. I shot five times. Five times at these big blanketed massive stingrays under the boat. And I missed <laughs> Underwater first five barn shots. doors. Yes. I said, Captain Mark, man, I, I can shoot. What the hell am I doing? And, uh, yeah, he told me, he said, man, you got to shoot where they're not. And he taught me, actually, how to bow fish and where to aim and how to aim because they're really not where you're looking at them. And, uh, yeah, it's a it's an all-new challenge for somebody out there that, for all intents and purposes, thinks that they've mastered archery. Guess what? You haven't. Go bow fishing with Captain Mark for Stingrays. It's a whole nother ball game. Yeah. Like you'll get frustrated and it's fun. And once you get on it, he'll help you. He'll tell you what to do. Once you get on it, combining hunting with fishing with friends and camaraderie with a good guide. Dude, it's, it's awesome. Like yeah. I, I want to go all the time and my schedule, just like yours, Brad, don't allow for me to do it as much as I want. But when we've been on the river, like shooting carp, um, it's 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 tough to hit them. It really is. Even if you're a proficient archer, unless you listen to him, and he will tell you, once you're on it, you kind of know what you're looking at, dude. It's it's I can't explain it. It's it's freaking awesome. Night camaraderie on the boat is just like it's like a duck blind with all the the picking and fun and yeah, it's good time. <laughs> there's so, no gar- so. there's no guarantees. I mean, I. Last year, I missed the biggest stingray of my life, like right at the that's, boat. Yeah, well, yeah. that's because you got you got all worked up. That was a big one. He gets he gets stingray eggy. He gets he get ray eggy, ray eggy. I feel enough. You know that's that's part of the fun. If you shot, if you hit everything you shot at, it wouldn't be fun. I mean, to this day, I I still miss. I went out with my family on my cousin's boat last Saturday. And I don't think I boated one fish on the river. I mean, I shot. What? I don't know. I don't know. I only shot three or four times. I was more concerned about my daughter shooting some fish. Sure. And she she connected on a bunch. I was trying to clean up. But, I mean, I still miss. And honestly, like, I don't even get to shoot anymore. I probably shot maybe one or two rays this entire summer. And, you know, I haven't even had a chance to get my family out bow fishing. You You wanted to sign up to be a guide, didn't you? Well, that's the funny thing you say that. Everybody's like, do you do this anymore? I said, be honest with you. I said, I don't. I said, I I enjoy showing other people a good time. But on my time off now, you know, I don't want to go clean the boat anymore. I got three boats to take care of. You know, I, I I enjoy offshore fishing. No, and you you can see that in you. You can see that you get a high off of helping other people. Like most guides, I've fished with a lot of guides from South Carolina to Alaska. I've fished with lots of people, and there are some really amazing guides out there. And I ain't 
you know, I ain't trying to toot your horn, but you you can tell that you get toot toot. Yeah, you can <laughs> you can tell that you actually really enjoy your job. You really enjoy going out, taking people out, and smiling and getting them. I don't believe you would ever shoot a bow again as long as other people are enjoying themselves and you could have fun. The only thing I like to do is run a gas through it. If I can put a, a gas through that thing's head, I'm fine. Yeah. You know? but that's, 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 pretty awesome. much what, that's pretty much what I, what I get out of. And like I said, it, you know, it's the guys that, that show up with their wives and, and their kids that never done it and they want to introduce them to something. You know, that's what I enjoy the most. Uh, now, the guys a- that come on that, that you say, hey, we, we're big 3D shooters, and I'm like, all right, this will be fun. Because if you aim at these things, you're going to miss. Anybody who has recurve experience usually picks it up fairly quick. Um, if It's it's all snap shooting. It's like shooting a shotgun. You point and shoot. If you aim, you know, a lot of people, they aim. And once you aim, it's over. I mean, it's that's what I would. Motion. That's what I was doing. I was aiming right at them. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. You can't aim if you aim at the fish. You're you're dead, generally going to mess it. There's something else here, Captain Mark, that we didn't bring up that I have to bring up because it is something that I really enjoy and I like showing off. Um, you know, I wasn't until lately. I wasn't really a big rack hunter. I was always a meat hunter. I was raised in Pennsylvania as a meat hunter, so racks didn't mean nothing to me. But as time goes on here, I've been looking and passing up for bigger bucks. So for a better word, you know, a bone hunter, you guys that are out there listening to this and you might want to try to go stingray hunting and, you know, oh, the meat, the meat's really good. You know, I'll take the time to cook it. And But there's something that you gave me in a bottle of water that we haven't talked about yet. That is something (laughs) that I hold dear to me that people constantly are looking at. And now captain Mark real quick, put me on a massive, we had three stingrays on at once and I shot this massive stingray. I mean, this, this thing was massive. And he told me, man, that, that might just be one of the records because it was huge. And we had to pop the buoy off the bow, and it ran, and we left it go, and we took care of these other ones. And then we went and hunted this stingray down. Now, off of this stingray, as far as bone hunting goes, everybody loves what you gave me in that bottle. Can you tell me what it was? Yeah, it's the barb off the raised tail. Yeah. It's the barb that that we collect from the raised well, in the southerns, they're really big, um, and they're in around the, the length, the mid-length of the tail on the ray. Um, the cow nose stingers or barbs do not get as big, and they're right off the base of the body. Um, and basically, I while the trip's going on, we cut it off. I, I First of all, when we boat a ray, that is, nobody gets down on the deck until that barb is completely off the animal. And they're, in a are they, they're they're dangerous. Then I take it. Yes, they can. They, they can they, be. They don't have they don't have poison that shoots out. They don't have you know a venom to them. Basically, what it is, it's a very nasty bacteria that is created on that ray. Um, and I've known several people to get hit by them, both fishing people and other people just playing in the water. Um, I know a guy that. The infection got into his organs and 
um, I heard of a guy, I don't know him personally, I heard of a guy that got the infection into his organs and his, you know, he was fighting for his life for a little while. Um, and then, you know, I know other guys that got him in forearms and legs. Uh, the one guy was in a boat fishing tournament, took one to his femur area, uh, body went into allergic shock. He had to get flown out of Reedville, Virginia to Norfolk, Virginia Hospital. Um, another gentleman I know has had two operations in his forearm to get all the broken pieces off, you know, off the, out of the, the skin. But not, not, to, not to worry about it because on your boat, you take care of all that for every, every guy that comes, every guy, girl that comes out hunting. I've seen you. You take care of that before there's any danger involved on your boat. Yep, we get the ray in the boat. I immediately get the ray in the boat, take a knife, cut that barb off, and then we take some pictures. Um, you know, and and this the stingray's virtually... Uh, he, he's not dangerous at all after that. No, not at all. Yeah. Well, we rip them off when we go surf fishing. Anytime we catch them, we rip those guys off. I actually have one hanging from my mirror right now on my truck. Uh, well, stingray part, but go. they go. Well, the thing, thing is, they go in smooth. They come out rough, man. They're, well, they're, they're serrated. Rip, they, yep, yeah. they're serrated coming out. So they're going to rip that skin back out of you. Uh, actually, that's what uh, Steve Irwin. He died from a stingray. Hit right. Well, didn't you didn't you get a barb? Didn't you get a ray without a barb already? Uh, yeah, we got one without a barb, and we got there's, several there's with a double. There's you guy that you can thank for that. <laughs> yep. Every I time so. I catch one, man, and we catch we catch probably uh you know a dozen a year down there. And uh, yeah. every single time we rip them out, we rip them off. Uh, you rub, you run them through the sand. They'll come out ivory. Um, you make neck, you know, you make you can make a necklace out of it or whatever, but you don't want to wear it. It might stab you in the throat if you fall, you know. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it's an it's an awesome thing to take from yeah, a hunt. Real cool. It's an awesome thing to take from a hunt. You got a memory, you know. That's like I said, the guys out there that are bone collectors, listen up, man, because these things are amazing. I get a lot of compliments, and what is that? It's just something that you don't get every day. There's nothing it's like awesome. it. Yeah, there's absolutely nothing like it. And it, the, this, the the structure of it, uh, the dense bone and then the serrations that, you know, they grab you only in one direction. It's pretty, in, pretty interesting. Yeah, that's crazy. I stepped on a few out there in the ocean walking out. You know, you know their stingrays slip you on top, and they swim away, jump up like crazy scares you um you know but ultimately they're they're awesome awesome fish so talking about uh bow fishing uh with rays and uh all the experience that uh these guys have had uh wildebeest and catfish and other people have had with uh captain mark uh he also has another business maryland waterfowl guide service so we're going to get into that talk a little bit about that um, which I have never done, unfortunately. Uh, how much? Never hunted waterfowl. I was just going to uh, say, how much but, duck hunting have you done? I, I didn't know that. Well, ducks are a little special to my heart, you know. Um, <laughs> I had a pet duck. I had a pet duck when I was younger. Yeah. So, um, it, do we? Uh, you know, do got, we ask the if the name of the duck? His name was Chuck. <laughs> Chuck, oh, Chuck. Chuck the duck. Chuck the duck. Chuck the duck. You know, he was just awesome. he was walking around. He was walking around one day, and um, you know, all of a sudden, he just kind of 
kind of keeled over, you know. I gave him uh, I gave him mouth to beak, you know, a couple uh. breast compressions, <laughs> and um, you know, to no avail, you know, he died. Bless your heart, spot, so, bless your little heart, you know, Brad. You know, I just I tried, you know, twenty thirty breast compressions. It was it was a rough time, but anyway, so they're a little, you know, they're, you know, they're a little true to my heart, but. I would shoot one in a heartbeat, you know, one of those weird ducks that chase your ankles, you know. Well, oh, yeah. yeah. Right. <laughs> Anything from the spring dam in Roaring Spring. Ankle biters. Pennsylvania. Yeah, yeah. Good shout out to PA. All right, so anyway, they have a, uh, another way cut away from uh, Chuck the Duck. Uh, we have uh, Captain Mark Spagnola does the uh, marital waterfowl guide service. And uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that, Mark? Uh, we've covered your bow fishing. Now let's talk about your uh, waterfowl guide service uh, seasons, uh, maybe bag limits, what kind of ducks you're shooting, stuff like that. Go ahead. I, I have a quick I have a quick question. I'm sorry. It, um, the, the title Captain Mark, Captain Mark Spagnola, that's a kind of a big deal. There's a difference between it being a captain and a guide, right? Yes, yes. To have a captain's license is way different than having a guide's license. I have studied for my captain's license, and I have to give it to Captain Mark. The captain's license is not easy to get. It is not an easy test by any means. No, and it's, you know, to, to do anything in Maryland waters, um, you know, you're, you have to have a, a captain's license. You have to have a commercial license. I have permits upon permits, upon license. Um, everybody thinks it's, you know, just this glorious job, but I'll be honest with you, Sundays when I'm writing checks out and going through retesting and, you know, certifications, uh, you know, it's the smiles on my face that I have to remember because, you know, the smiles that I put on faces that I have to remember, you know, why I'm doing it because, uh, you know, the paperwork and it, it, every year it keeps getting worse and worse. Yeah. Um, you know, this okay. year for bird fishing, I, I thought I was going to be done in the area that I've learned for the last six, seven years um, due to our government. I mean, it's just, it's literally getting out of hand. Um, <coughs> nobody this, in the government, this. nobody in the government office has to have anybody to answer to, you know, and it they're hurting you know, your commercial fishermen and your, your guides and stuff like that. It, it It's getting difficult. Um, in Pennsylvania, you don't need a cab's license um, by their state rules. Uh, federal, any navigable water that anybody advertised to make any money off of, doesn't matter if you're towing a boat, selling food, selling drinks, or anything, a taxi service, or any navigable water, you have to have a cab's license in order to do what you do on that water. Um, and so that captain's license is not easy to obtain. Is it captain Mark? It was tough. It was a tough test. Yeah. I, it, I took a, a month lot of course. Yeah. I took a month course, you know, to get my original six pack license. Um, after my five year renewal, I'm, I'm a master captain. Now I, I can run, you know, up to a hundred ton vessel, uh, 200 miles offshore, you know, and take, as many people as that vessel will hold. I can run a head boat, um, you know, but that was just another upgrade to my license, you know, that I wanted to achieve. So, 
I upgrade to a master captain's license and a towing endorsement. So I can pretty much do anything on the water that I wanted to right now. Nice. Do you have to to renew that every so years, or is that good for life? Every five years, you have to renew. Hmm. That's where they get you. Uh, Not really. It's just a matter of documenting. Like, I have to document all my time on the water. Um, How many days? how many days a month or, and you know, and every species that I kill, no matter if it's a fish or duck, you know, I have to report like they want the state wants reports of everything. So just because, you know, the, the trip's over doesn't mean my days are right. I have an hour and a half worth of cleanup afterwards. And I also, you know, have to report everything. Gotcha. So, Whenever you're taking people out on the boats, uh, you know, of course, the, the Coast Guard's out there. So do you, get, do you ever get stopped by the Coast Guard, or do they kind of know your boat and know that you're legit and kind of leave you alone? Um, they, they've checked me once or twice in, you know, the several years. But, I mean, they, they see me out there. They know, you know, that most of the captains are are doing what they're supposed to do. And, you know, once they recognize the boat, they, they kind of leave you alone for a little while. But, you know, they get some new guys that, you know, don't know your boat, then they'll pull up alongside of you. They don't care if you're, you know, working or not. You know, they, they have a job to do as well. Yeah, right. make sure you got all the necessities, your fish, your life vest, your fire extinguishers, your whistles and stuff like that, right? Yes. Okay. So they're doing their job. That's a good thing. God love our uh, military and Coast Guard. Um, so let's get into let's get into your waterfowl hunting. Uh, okay. So it's a, uh, from what I understand, it's a short season, right? Well, it was a hundred some day season. I think we had a hundred seven day season up to this year. Uh, this year they went to a sixty day sea sea duck hunt season. Um, I generally. Yeah, well, it took 40 days off, and, you know, I target sea ducks. I don't do, I don't, I haven't branched into puddle ducks or, or a lot of divers right now. Um, mainly my focus is sea duck hunting in the Chesapeake Bay and on the ocean side of the East Coast. So whenever the weather permits us, we are running out of Ocean City and gunning in the actual ocean for these sea ducks. Um, I use a 24-foot duck water um ocean open ocean boat model uh it's powered by 250 horsepower suzuki uh it it's made for big water gunning um i've had six people on that boat it's a little tight um four is a great number you know five you know can be done um we'll head out early in the morning we'll meet at the ramp head out early in the morning just as you know just as it's starting to break horizon uh, you know, on certain days, if it's not too windy, I'll run four strings of of uh, decoys with a dozen birds on each line. So we'll we'll put out four strings of a, a dozen each on a string, and then we'll set up real close to that. If it's real windy, you know, there's a lot going on in that ocean. Um, we have current. We have tide change, we have wind direction, and we have top swell. Um, all this takes an effect of when you're laying your decoy line. I mean, it's not 
I'll be honest with you. I had my behind handed to me out there last year, a time or two. Um, it, it was definitely an experience last year, a couple times. But I tell you what, there's nothing, nothing better than to see twenty, thirty birds cup in your decoys and your clients get shooting at them. So, so you're are you popping out of? Uh... You got, you got you got beds you're laying down and open up the open it up and coming out of it or how how do they no, it's how all, do you hide your bodies? It's all it's all open. It's all yep. you know. So you don't need to hide your bodies at all. It's not like uh, it's not like waterfowl hunting where you're in a in a cl- in cl- enclosure or you're laying down no, like for, for goose no. hunting and popping out of a. No, we're just sitting in a boat, and when they come up for decoys, you know we're. We're waiting until they get in with the decoy spread. Um, you know, a lot of these guys that actually duck hunted, you know, majority of them have, have shot birds on the Chesapeake Bay. Um, you know, Chesapeake Bay, depending on who you go with, what their equipment is, where you're at, it's a lot of pass shooting at birds, not generally landing birds. You know, when we go out to the ocean, we're shooting, you know, decoying birds that are actually coming into our spread the way they're supposed to be. Um, and it, it's awesome. It's awesome to see a raft of 50, 60 birds and have 10 or 20 of them break off and come right down to you. Um, do you have dogs to go out there and get them or you just motor on out there no, and get them I, and come back and set up again? Yeah, I don't use a dog. I don't, um, you know, even if I, I had a waterfowl dog, I don't know how often I'd, I'd put him out in that ocean water. Well, that's what I was wondering. That'd be tough. Yeah. Yeah. The, the boat. The, I'm sorry. The boat looks like, uh, like a, um, uh, like an aquatic tank. I mean, it's a, it, it's like this big. It's got, it's got deep gunwales on it, so you don't have to lay down, right? You just, yeah. You're just you're sitting down until they come in, right? And then. Yeah. And then. Well, I make everybody. I make everybody. You know, everybody's got to be on the same page in the morning. I mean, like, yeah, I ask everybody if they want to sit and shoot or if they want to, if they want to stand and shoot, you know, so it, not one guy can't stand up and the rest of them shoot. Uh, so everybody kind of chooses what they want to do in the morning. And then, you know, we stick to that throughout the, the morning hunt. Yeah. So is there a license cost for this? Cat mark or special permit you got to get on on top of the license. Um, for me, I have to do a few extra things. But for my clients who come down, if you're out of state, you have to. The cheapest thing people do if they don't have a Maryland license and they're you know they're out of state and they just want to come down and hunt, you know, it's a forty five dollar three day license. Um, you know, I try and tell people, you know, to, to not just to get more money for me, but, you know, I try and tell people, look, we have a lot to deal with that time of year, wind, weather, you know, if you're coming out of state, spend two days to hunt, you know, enjoy it, you know, just come in for one day, stay overnight, hunt the next day, and roll home if that's what you want to do. I had a lot of guys come down for one day and wish they, they stayed, you know. Um, it's just one of those things, you got to buy a three-day license, so, you know, try and save your money up until you can come down for two days and, and really enjoy, you know, two different hunts. Um, but a Maryland license just gives you the, you know, the license to hunt waterfowl. You don't need a special permit or anything for that, right? Right. And, I mean, you got to have your federal dog stamp and your migratory. Um, so, so if you, you don't, 
need your migratory for the three-day license, and but you do need your um, – and I could be wrong on that now that I'm thinking about it. If you if you have a federal duck stamp for PA or anything, then that's good. But you okay. do need your you do need your your Maryland license, which is costing you five forty five dollars for three days. That's the cheapest Maryland license you can buy. That's actually really really good, really good. Now is that now is that a hunting license? Is that forty five dollars? Is that a hunting license? Yes, you can only hunt small game and ducks with that license. You can't okay, hunt turkey or deer with that. Okay, that's what I was going to get into. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty cheap, though, man. I mean, I've been down uh, different states and, uh, you know, have to buy a three-day fishing license or whatever. And, you know, for what I'm for what I'm doing and what you're doing, that cost of that license is, is pretty cheap for for having, you know, that much fun and, and being able to kill some uh, some waterfowl, so... That's, that's yeah. pretty cheap. I, I like that cost. I like it a lot. And then that duck hunt, you know, it's it's a sociable hunt. You know, we're out there goofing around. And to be honest with you, those sea ducks are, are the hardest thing to kill. They have a will to live like no other. You know, I've counted over 10 shots on one bird already before we even boated it. I mean, it's it's crazy. I mean, I tell people to bring at least three boxes of shells for each day they want to hunt. How do they eat? They don't. I mean, this is a bucket list bird. Yeah, they. I've never tried them. I've had guys smoke them. Um, these are basically a bucket list bird. Uh, waterfowl guys, true waterfowl hunters, want to shoot every duck that they can possibly shoot in every area yep. that they can go. Um, these birds, you know, what we're hunting are surf skirters, common skirters, occasionally a white wing skirter and some old squall long tails um each hunter is allowed the bag no more than four skirters five sea ducks so if we get four skirters and one long tail we could get five sea ducks if we shoot you know we can shoot five long tails which are the old squalls um but we can only shoot a maximum of four skirters per person and you know, there's common surf and occasional white wing that, that come on that east coast. It looks like a hell of a good time, Captain Mark. I can't wait to come down. Well, I you will be been there. there catfish. I, I can't I believe not. No, I have not, but I will be there this year. Uh, just time did not allow last year. There were some openings, and I was not down last year. But, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with Captain Mark. You know, bucket list waterfowler, huge goose huge duck hunter here and it's on my bucket list man it's it sounds so and i've seen the boat like i've not in person but i've seen multiple pictures awesome paint job by the way Uh, yeah it looks like it would disappear in the swell uh i've seen pictures of the inside of the boat and i've had multiple amazing days of my life with camaraderie just in a normal duck line so to be in a duck blind that's floating on the ocean, yeah, I'm there. This year, I'm there. We've already talked about it, you know, with uh, with my group, and uh, I, I know that a few of us will be down this year. Yeah, I can't wait. Uh, we're out there. I, I cook some hamburgers, hot dogs, if the wind allows me to do it. I mean, I got I get oysters. I put on the boat. Guys can shuck oysters there. I mean, it's it's just a good time. Yeah. What do you what do you what do you think, there? What do you think, there, Peter Brad? You, you in? 
Well, I would like to shoot some ducks. Uh, I mean, it's not on my bucket list to shoot some sea ducks, but you know, I could probably, I could probably put it in my schedule. Maybe if uh, <laughs> sure. if time if time exists, maybe we can do a waterfowl and a. Uh, is, is it possible to do a waterfowl and a bowfish experience all in one? It's like two, probably not two different it's seasons. Just, yeah. Like this year, our season, you know, the, the sea duck season used to come in October 3rd and end the last day of January. This year, the season comes in November 5th and goes out January 13th. Terrible, terrible. Could have done two experiences at once. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Down, gotta, down and out. Got to split it up now. Yeah. So anyway, I'm interested in both of them, uh, whether I can get down there or not, you know. Maybe one time. Maybe it would be better for me to get down there in the uh, for the rays uh, than the ducks, you know. Only because, only because it's deer season. Up yeah. Here oh, I get yeah. it. I, I get I'm it. I'm a huge, I, huge archery hunter, and that's that's what I do. You know. I, I spend every I spend every minute I can in a, in a deer stand. But when I when I got into this, you know, somebody's like, "You're you're gonna have to give up your deer hunt." I'm like, hey, I'm like, I, I can, uh, I can go out and make my money and be done. You know, it, they're half day hunts. We're usually done at noon. The ducks are done flying around noon. So I said, you know, I'm, I'm done. The boat's cleaned up by one thirty. I'm in the deer stand at two, two thirty, three o'clock, and I already made my money for the. Yeah, for the a lot day. of guy, a lot of guys out there. You know, just real quick, touch base. You know, a lot of guys out there that don't know Captain Mark. You know, he's not only, you know a captain that, that bow fishes. You, you killed a hell of a nice buck last year, Captain Mark. Well, the year before I did, and I had my Was it last year? I had my opportunity. I, I missed a, I missed a world-class eight point last year. I, I, I nicked him at 22 yards and I screwed up. Um, good thing is that we had him on trail camera all the way into February. So he right. made it. He's a 160 uh. inch eight point. So well, the year before up. that, the year all before that, that, you got a monarch. It was nice. Yeah, yeah I, I shot a, a 143, 13 point, and you know that wasn't even the big one off our property. We 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 killed three 13 points that that year, all with a bow. Well, your vibrations bow. killing us. Yeah, I hear it. No, yeah, we're good. <laughs> <laughs> we can, hey, I killed a one. 143, there was another 140, and then there was a 175 and 38s, and they were all three 13 points, and they were all three weeks apart. They were all a week apart, three weeks in a row, and they were all killed by a bow. Where do you hunt mostly? You hunt Pennsylvania, Captain Mark? I used to. I lost a, a farm here in PA a few years back that my uncle owned, and when he passed away, they, the kids sold the, the property, and I've been hunting on the Eastern shore for the last five, six years. And, you know, we, we have phenomenal bucks on our property. Um, you may not, you may not get one every year, but they're there. You know, if you put your time in, you'll get one, um, down there on that Eastern shore, it's, it's tough hunting. It's all flat. It's real super thick where I'm at. Um, you, you know, you got to hunt that when it's right. You got to hunt that during the rut. I mean, it's yeah. just hands down. I'm not a big believer in baiting. We can bait down there. Um, we don't bait until after the rut. 
we'll bait early. Like right now, there's a couple guys I think baiting. Um, but, you know, after this week or first couple weeks, you know, we pretty much stop and we don't bait until rifle season. Um, it really, to me, baiting deer is, that's a whole other discussion. That's the you Pennsylvania know, uh, yeah. in you. We could probably talk another fifty minutes about that. <laughs> I don't want to throw. I don't want to like throw a curveball here, but I want to take like five or six minutes if y'all don't care. And let's for the people <laughs> listening to the podcast that are interested in going bow fishing with Captain Mark and sea duck hunting with Captain Mark. I'd like to do a couple minutes of let's get to know Captain Mark so they know like who Captain Mark is. Do you guys have any questions? Like I, I'll start like because. You have, like, I know we've been trying to get this on the books and let's get this done this year about bringing your daughter up turkey hunting with me. And so not only are you, but your family bow fishes with you. Is that correct? Yeah. And when the time, when the time is available, we, we all bow fish. It doesn't happen very often, but when it does, you know, it's pretty awesome. Your bow bow fishing boat is a, is is extremely comfortable and very roomy for the people that are listening. It's not like you're going to go out and be crammed on this little boat. We uh, no. we had multiple people on that boat, and I had plenty of room to run around and have fun on this boat. It, it's 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 an awesome time. Tell me about yeah, your boat, a, real quick. Yeah, it's a twenty foot CR uh, custom rigged up. I have a generator tower. Um, I have an elevated console stand. And I have, you know, a platform up front to shoot four people comfortably. There's been a, there's been up to five, six people in that front. Um, you know, it's a little tight with that many, but four people comfortably. It's equipped with 12 LED lights at night. Um, it's got a rail with the lights, so people feel a little bit safer standing up front. Um, it's got two motors in the back. It's got a 15-horsepower kicker, and it's powered by a four-stroke. Uh, 140 horse uh, Suzuki. Yeah, and what's the stuff? What's the stuff I like to stand on? What did you put on the deck? Like it I feels got, like I'm walking around on a, on a, like a mat. Yeah, it, it's um. I have the whole front end is decked out with hydro turf and a 14 millimeter pad under the turf itself. So it's an anti fatigue tap or uh, it's an anti fatigue matting under the turf. So yeah, it's real comfortable. Everybody loves it. You're not standing on a hard spot. You know, as a guide, you know, I get a lot of grief from my wife because I'm always putting money into my equipment. But but as a guide, that is the only thing that I can control. I mean, we're hunting. You know, I can't control the wind, the weather, the animals. The only thing I can control is my equipment. And, you know, I really strive in having top-notch equipment the whole way around for every operation. Um, yeah, you know, I spend a lot of maintenance. I, I I do a lot of maintenance, so you know nothing does go wrong. Um, it's all machine made. It's all man made. So dumb stuff does happen. But you know, I, knock on wood, I haven't had too many bad experiences on the water with my equipment. No, and I've I've had multiple back surgeries. You know, sitting long hours in a stand, being on my feet for long hours is is been more difficult as the years go by and whatever that is that you say the astroturf the the omni turf on your boat is uh it makes it comfortable yeah it makes it comfortable for me to stand and and hunt off your boat all day 
you did a good job of that. It, that's probably the key factor for me on your boat that makes it comfortable for me to enjoy myself all day long. Right. I'm just, yeah. One of the things about that, that um, too, is like the the activity of bow fishing. Um, unlike deer hunting, you're constantly scanning. You're looking. Everything looks like a stingray. I mean, and you're waiting for a little bit of movement or just a that shade of of gray that or or brown that you're looking for. And uh, so you don't necessarily need an eight-hour trip the first time because uh, you're just, you don't realize how exhausting, like how how just intense you are the entire time you're bow fishing. No, you're right. It's absolutely, it's, no, you're right. It's, it's a lot, it, it can be, it's a challenge challenge and that's what i like about it it can be a challenging hunt absolutely you're keyed up challenging hunt there's no downtime no you're just keyed up and if you're not you're not at the front of the boat and you're not scanning because we could be floating and you know and you think well um he's doing an equipment check or something like that and you're and we're floating and you're um and we're not trolling per se We've killed so many stingrays just floating up to them. Like you never know where they're going to be, so you're always at the front of the boat, scanning, looking, uh, looking for wake, looking for everything that you can. You know, you're hell, hell, hell. We floated over two of them that I didn't even see, (laughs) and Captain Mark's like catfish. The um, yeah, they're there. They are, buddy. I remember yeah, that. I, I, usually, was, I know, I I know what I'm I usually pick them out before my clients. You know, I'm, I'm picking them out. I can see them. And a lot of people, you know, like, how do you do that? I'm like, well, I, I've been doing it a little bit longer than you. But, you know, I know what to look for. And, and like Will said, we could be there. I could be cutting one up, and we're just sitting there, and, and one will swim by. So, you, like you said, you always got to be ready. And, you know, this past summer, I... I've been on the water till I burn myself out. I mean, I several weekends I've done nine trips in three and a half days. So I'm constantly scanning the water, like every single minute that I'm out there. It it, it gets it gets exhausting, but it, it's a it's rewarding. So oh, it's, it's a lot not, of so much fun. No, you're right. And you know what? I've been with you after you you've been on two trips back to back, and then took us out. And you know, being professional wise is is very important, and you you can't tell that you're exhausted. You put a lot of effort into your clients. You try. You know, I could tell that you were tired at the boat ramp, but once once we got on the water, dude, you it's a hundred percent. It's all about the client. It's, you, it was very impressive. Put turn your hat backwards like Lincoln Hawk, and like you were machine. ready to go again. Yeah, you know what you know what my you know what my secret is to that Captain Mark is that? Mul- multiple monster drinks. They're very good for <laughs> you. I cut them all out. I cut them all out. What? <laughs> I, I cut them all out. I, I I laid off them this summer. Did you really? Yeah, two hundred and sixty calories a, a, a pop. I had to I had to get rid of them. Yeah, mine's bush light. Well, switch it up to switch it up to wild turkey. It'll be good. Anheuser Bush. 
yeah. like a shout out on that. <laughs> so anyway, we're coming down to the end of our uh, podcast here. Uh, I wanted to uh, give uh, Captain Mark Spagnola a, uh, a shout out here. And it uh, sounds like you have an awesome operation. Uh, and uh, if you want to have some good, uh, some great boat fishing experience, uh, killing some rays and uh, maybe in some waterfowl uh, experience down in Maryland, uh, uh, c- check out Captain Mark Spagnola. And I'm going to give it to Captain Mark to uh, shout out his website, uh, his Facebook page, anything else he has going on, Instagram or whatever. So go ahead, Captain Mark. Uh, let these guys know where they can find you. All right. I just want to tell you guys, I really appreciate this opportunity to get, get on here with you guys. And this was a lot of fun. And hopefully it won't be the last time that, you know, we, we all talk and, and share some. I, I really appreciate the, the build up that you guys gave me too. And, and, uh, that's kind of what I strive for. It's kind of what, you know, I aim to do. So um, oh, if anybody right. wants, I appreciate it. If anybody wants to, you know, check the, the websites out, there's websites, you know, for both services. Uh, it's www.dustthedawnbowfishing.com. Uh, that's for the bow fishing. And then www.marylandwaterfowlguideservice or marylandwaterfowl.com. Yeah, you can check out both. I can give you a little bit of rundown on how to book, you know, the trips. Best way to do is call me, contact me, um, you know, give me an, an idea of what you're looking for, what what kind of time frame you're looking to go. Um, I'll try and accommodate you however I can. Um, the rate the rate prices as of now are five fifty for five hours, eight eighty. For eight, yeah, eight eighty for eight hours. It's one hundred and ten dollars an hour for the boat, and that could be split between four shooters. Um, doesn't matter if it's one shooter or four shooters. That's the you know that's per boat. So there's no license required to that. It's a walk on walk off service. As far as the waterfowl hunting goes, I charge two fifty a gun. Um, I can take up to five guns comfortably. I'll do a minimum of three guns, but the price would be three hundred a gun, and it would be a nine hundred dollar fee for the boat. Um, and the only thing you need besides the the fee is a three day license if you're out of state, which would cost you a forty five dollar fee. Other than that, you know, both both websites are available. I do social media. Uh, a lot of stuff is through my personal Facebook, which is Mark Spagnola. I do have a Dust of Dawn page and a Maryland Waterfowl page, which I need to step up and, and get more involved with those pages. Uh, I have an Instagram of Dust of Dawn Bowfishing Instagram. You guys can check out a lot of pictures of just about anything I do, you know, through the hunting industry. Um, fishing, I, I do a lot of offshore fishing. I do hunting. So you guys can kind of see what I'm all about. How about Mark? Are you, Captain Mark? Are you going to be at the Sportsman Show in Harrisburg this year? Yes, I am going to be up there again this year. I was there last year, and you know I did rebook, and I will be up there again this year. You so you guys out there can go see Captain Mark at the Sportsman Show in Harrisburg in February, I believe. Yes. Yes, it was February. All right, so that was good from Captain Mark. Uh, yeah, heard all his information. So if you guys want to go book a trip, I uh, hope you do. That sounds like a lot of fun. It's right, uh, right but, here in our uh, backyard. One, 
Yeah, right here in our backyard. Five hours. Five hours from central Pennsylvania. You can go have this fun with him. Uh, but here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to uh, uh, give another shout-out to R2 Pursuits. Uh, they've been hanging out with us for the past two uh, podcasts. Um, and the great guys, uh, great organization. Uh, R2 Pursuits, why don't you give out uh, World of Beasts or Catfish or both? Uh, why don't you guys uh, give out your information where they can find you? Sure. Um, we are uh, Rutten River Pursuits, po- and we're going to be having Rutten River Pursuits podcast uh, very shortly. Um, but uh, we have uh, RuttenRiverPursuits.com. And uh, you can just follow us individually or, or uh, R2 Pursuits on Facebook. Uh, there, we have uh, seven guys as part of the group, and we all have our own little niche, uh, you know, things that we like to do more than others. And, uh, but, uh, yeah, check us out and uh, check out Rotten River Pursuits podcast. All right, good dudes, good dudes. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Catfish. Uh, thank yes, you, sir. Will Beast. Thank you, P.A. Rut Rob. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, P.A. Rut Rob, for not being here. <laughs> Where the hell was he at? Uh, he's sick. Anyway, so you've listened uh, to episode 22 of P.A. Rut Reports, Hunting, Fishing, and Outdoors. We're glad you joined in. Hope you joined into the uh, episode 21. It was a great episode as well. Uh, we'll bring you some more here. It's coming soon. Thank you very much. See ya.